From the studios of the Private Client Network offsite at the Waldorf Astoria in Chicago, welcome to Luxury on Location. This dynamic new podcast features conversations with luxury realtor Kevin Snedden, founder of the Private Client Network at Compass, and his Private Client Network partners. In this, our first episode of Season 2, Kevin will be speaking with Joanne Nemirovsky, our Private Client Network partner in Chicago. Joanne is a top broker in the Chicago luxury market, and here's why. Joanne, aka Joanne Sell Chicago, has been selling luxury real estate in Chicago for the past 30 years, helping over 1,500 families buy or sell their home in the process. Joanne has been consistently ranked as a top producing broker, receiving numerous accolades along the way. This includes being named one of Chicago's elite top producers by the Chicago Association of Realtors and Mega Broker of the Midwest by Unique Homes. And in case anyone's counting, Joanne sold over $70 million in Chicago luxury real estate in 2021 and over $1 billion in her career. What we admire most about Joanne is her warm energy, her poise, and her can-do attitude. We are so fortunate to have Joanne in our private client network, and we are delighted to have her as our featured guest on Luxury on Location. Hello, listeners. We're live today at our PCN offsite in Chicago with Joanne Nemirovsky. Hi, Joanne. Hi, Kevin. And I just want to say hi to our live audience. Hello. Now, Joanne, I don't play favorites, but I have to tell you, you are one of my favorite people in the Private Client Network and in this world, and I'm so thrilled that you're my featured guest today on Luxury on Location. So as a start, can you take our listeners through your background and how you got into real estate? Sure. First of all, I want to say thank you so much for having me. It is so great to have everyone surrounding me here little nervous with the high caliber of surrounding eyes, but I will do my best. Prior to selling real estate, I was an attorney. I was a short-lived attorney. I practiced for about a year and a half, and I really wanted something a bit more flexible. I didn't realize how much work it was, but I thought I could be living the dream and sort of sell part-time. So I started like very small. I went with a friend of mine's mother to sort of be a helping eye and helping hand. I had a friend that was from, she was out of town and her mom lived in Chicago. And I went to five or six places with her. And at the end of it, I was like, wow, this is so much more fun than what I'm doing behind a desk where every minute is calculated. And I have to check my billable hours and don't go to the bathroom. Like it was a very stressful job that I had. And I was pretty much ready to start a family. And I thought, God, I love real estate. I love the decorating. I love the nuances of, I love looking at houses. I mean, I've just always loved real estate. I think now being in real estate, I was everyone's nightmare where you're like, wow, let's go to that open house, you know, like definitely never going to buy something when I was 18, but would go in and out of as many places as possible. So I've always loved houses and always love walking through people's homes, sort of seeing 
what makes them tick. I mean, you learn so much about a person when you go through their home. And it's such a intimate journey when you're listing or selling them a place. So I love that hands-on people-to-people contact and learning about their families. So I got into the business probably about 30 years ago, and it was never part-time. I started doing it, and I was fiercely into it immediately. I remember when my daughter Nikki was born, I was the top realtor in the city of Chicago and basically on the way to the hospital was getting a contract signed. And those clients were like, oh my God, you're crazy. And I was like, I am crazy, but <laughs> but no, that's commitment. We love what we yeah. do. And so it was good. I'm fortunate now after 30 years to have my daughter, Rachel, working with me, which has been amazing for like the last three and a half years, my partner in crime. And like we say to everyone who asks us, we're laughing through the day. We're working very hard, but we also keep each other very entertained. So how did you get to Compass? It's really funny how I got to Compass because Robert had been calling me. I was one of the first people in Chicago, so no one even knew who Robert was, who Compass was. It wasn't, you know, big thing at all. Definitely not a household name or anything. And he called, and it was right before Christmas. I was leaving for out of town like three days later, and I actually did not mean to take the call. I thought it was a friend. And when I answered, he was on and he was like, oh, just meet me. Just meet me for like 20 minutes. And my current, at that time, I had an assistant who was fabulous. And I said to her, we'll go. We'll listen for like 20 minutes. There's no way we're leaving. It's Christmas. We're both going out of town for the holidays. And I was at Berkshire Hathaway And I was the top person there in the Midwest for like five years running. So I was very happy there. I loved all the people I work with. I had zero intention of leaving. And I got to the hotel where Robert was and went into the meeting room with him. And the table had all these brochures that were sort of his his vision. They weren't even really Compass properties yet because Compass was just starting. And Robert is amazing. He is one of the most charismatic people you will ever meet. He's so likable. He's so passionate about what he does. And he was asking me, so tell me about your kids. And do any of your kids want to like go into real estate? And I was like, hmm, no, not actually. And he was like, well, why? You know, real estate is could be very lucrative. The sky's the limit. If you work hard, you're going to get paid well. And why wouldn't they want to go into it? And at the time... My daughter was at Emory. My other daughter was at WashU. My son was at Michigan. And none of them had any interest in real estate. And when I got home and I showed them information about Compass and all the technology and all the stuff, I remember Rachel saying, wow, that sounds like an amazing company. And then when Max started looking at all the investors that were involved, he was like, wow, you should think about this seriously. And I said, well, that's the funny thing. We're leaving in two days and I am thinking about it seriously. I really feel like I could make a move right now, which is crazy. And it was just like, that was it. It clicked. We went to the office. (laughs) We went to the office um, literally at midnight the night before we left for the trip. We closed out our desk and It was pretty crazy. We packed everything up, and Compass didn't even have an office. We had nothing in Chicago, absolutely nothing. But on a whim and a prayer, I just followed Robert, and I felt like 
He is a great person to work with. And his vision, not only of the company, but of the world and just equitable, transparency, integrity. He's talked about elevating the industry. And for a long time, when I started in this business, people would be like, wow, you're a lawyer and you quit being a lawyer to go into real estate? Like you don't even need a high school education to go into real estate. And I was always like, well, if you really want to add value to your client, you need a lot more than a high school education. You need to understand the mathematics of real estate, the emotion of real estate. There's so much that goes into buying a home. And it's one of the largest purchases that people will make in their lifetime and the most important. And sometimes it's people going through, they just had a baby and they don't know exactly what would be right and they need all the ancillary services. Or sometimes they can't visualize how they would make it their own and you can help them in the decorating world. You know, and sometimes, sadly, people are going through divorce and you can hold their hand through the process and make them feel like they're not alone. And that's also incredibly valuable. So my whole client base is referral. I pretty much make friends with everyone who we sell to and we love our people and appreciate them. Yeah. No, I I can't think of a better background than a legal background to come into real estate. And, you know, those television shows out there do a disservice to our industry. They make it seem, it's just so surface oriented. And to me, I always tell my team, the devil's in the details and lawyers understand that. So coming in from having a legal background into this already gives you such a leg up. And many of us in this room have had that watershed moment with Robert. And my whole thing, I would come from financial services background and Quite frankly, when I got into real estate, I was embarrassed to tell people I was a real estate agent. And I shared that with Robert. And Robert said, listen, I want to elevate this industry. I want Compass to be like American Express, where I worked, and Goldman Sachs, where he worked. And he said, I want people coming out of Harvard to want to join your team. That is exactly what he said to me. And it really resonated with me because I felt like the truth is the peers that I work with in Chicago – mostly are amazing. Like the people in this industry are amazing. And just from this network nationwide, it's smart, motivated, interesting, multidimensional people. And it's exciting. It's an exciting business. Yeah, that's terrific. That's a great story. So let's take our listeners through the market. Can you tell us about the Chicago market and frame it out for us and what's trending right now? The Chicago market is strong right now. It's incredibly strong. We're very busy. We've had a record year this year so far, the first three months. And last year was our best year ever after coming off of the pandemic, which we were very scared about when initially it came through. But Chicago realtors, we were deemed essential workers in Chicago. And so we really, we were home doing Zooms, doing, you know, busy. And it really was a great moment for us because a lot of people who love to see real estate were going out less and people who needed homes that really wanted to buy were the people that were calling you. So we had less people, but significantly more serious people. And I think initially 
just like New York, Chicago has hit pretty hard. But I feel like this year it's been back with a vengeance. Like a lot of people who moved to the suburbs are like finding themselves, wow, I don't really know what I'm doing here. Like I love the culture. I love the diversity. I mean, Chicago is an iconic city. We have so many amazing universities from University of Chicago to Northwestern to a myriad of medical schools, so many things. We have the best hospitals, world-class healthcare is in Chicago. If you have a problem, a lot of people get flown into Chicago for so many things. We also have the restaurants. We have incredible shopping, as many of my friends here have will <laughs> note. Everyone had like 15 minutes and went and checked out Michigan Avenue and some of the great stores that we have. So we're really not missing anything. It's a smaller city and so than New York and very livable. You don't really wait in line to do things. You can get into places and the restaurant quality, like I said, is incredible. The museums are incredible. There's so much culture. There's Steppenwolf, the theaters, there's Broadway in Chicago. I mean, there's just so many things that, oh, and the sports, we have incredible sports teams, the Bulls, the Bears. I mean, we have the Cubs and the Sox. So whatever you're interested in, hopefully you can find it here. So Chicago, it's pretty great here. So it's sort of a, a tale of two markets, right? So when COVID hit, there was probably an exodus and then there were probably some value buyers that were picking right. up value. And now there's a resurgence, you know, similar to New York. So what are people buying now and where are they coming from? Are they moving? Are they upgrading within Chicago? Are they coming back from places that they left for? <laughs> What's happening now? I feel like it's a mix. It's really a mix. We're getting a lot of a little bit older people who their kids and grandkids live here and they recognize that they want to grow old with their family. So they're moving here. And so apartments, doorman building are very popular where you can be here six months out of the year and be somewhere else and you're close the door and you don't need to think about it or worry about it. But also, I think the Chicago schools have gotten significantly better in the last several years. And so a lot of families are moving here where single family homes like in Lincoln Park and the Gold Coast, which are the areas that I service like Lakeview, the DePaul area, there's a lot of people that are moving with their kids. And I feel like for a while, the pendulum was swinging toward more smaller, live simply, let's all have smaller spaces. And now I feel like it's sort of going back because of COVID and working from home and needing more space and everyone doing homework at home and not leaving as much. I feel like bigger homes are very popular again, which is nice to see. There's so many great opportunities in Chicago to have, you know, like a sort of mini mansion that are very beautiful and livable. Yeah. In New York, single family houses became very popular through COVID. People want the square footage, home office, gym, theater. They want the private outdoor space. Definitely How about the in Chicago? outdoor space. Definitely. So townhouses in Chicago are quite popular. popular. Actually, we were in one of your listings yesterday. <laughs> it was a lovely 7,000 square foot townhouse. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. So where does the luxury market start in Chicago from price point? I would say probably around one five. We don't have the market where you're seeing things trading like 10 and $20 million. That's just not our market. I mean, you can get an amazing, amazing place for between four and eight. You can get really an incredible space. I would say the average sale like in Lincoln Park or in the Gold Coast 
is somewhere around 1.5. And it's gone up a little bit slightly in the last three years, maybe from 1.4 to 1.5, but not a major. We are not Florida. We're not Aspen. We haven't had these huge jumps. And I think it's sort of a good thing because we don't have that kind of inflation. So I don't think we're going to suffer from that deflation either. We're sort of a slow and steady market and pretty rock solid. So larger apartments, single-family houses are quite popular these days. Quite popular. I mean, during COVID, Rachel and I, we pivoted a bit. I used to sell really only large apartments and homes, and that was mostly my market. And during this time, I felt like anyone who's under our wing of our people, we have really helped everyone in all kinds of housing just because moving was so important to people that we want to be there and we want to be their resource for whatever, whether they're moving out of state or whether they're staying in Chicago and just changing up their own lifestyle, we want to be their person. So we've had a lot of sort of medium sales as well. So how's the inventory at this point? The inventory is tough. There's not a lot on the market and Anything great on the market gets picked up right away, especially if it's priced fairly and priced right. There's definitely several bids on things if they're really nice and they go quickly. I think we've spent a lot of time this year on off-market opportunities for our client, trying to really add value to them. We've called people that we sold to previously and tried to interest them in making a move, showed them what their neighbor's homes have sold for and how quickly, and enticed them that way. And we've also found off-market opportunities by checking through the MLS and finding things that were canceled listings in the last five years, people who tried to sell and then didn't. And we've been really lucky with that. So just trying to bring more value into the equation. I mean, you always get these people who come in and they're like, why would we use a broker when we can get everything off the internet? And I think the times that we're in right now proves to everyone why you would use a broker because your relationships are so important and your knowledge of the market is so important and you really can help people be an educated buyer. Have you noticed the trend with people that, they're staying in the city, but now they really need to have a second home or even a third home. Absolutely. Absolutely. I feel like especially people with young children or even a little bit older like teenagers, they want to have a place somewhere, either a resort type thing, warmer weather. I mean, whatever their interests are, I feel like second and third homes are a huge market right now, which is why the private client network was such a great idea. I mean, I love being a part of this incredible, amazing network of people that are really the top tier agents across the country. And it's so great to say, oh, yes, I can refer you to an agent in Nashville. Aaron's my friend, and I've sat down to dinner with her. And, you know, I know her very well, not just doing the research to find out who's the top agent, but knowing the person and knowing that if I call whoever on this team and I say, hey, it's Joanne, I have someone moving to Miami with Audrey, I know Audrey's going to be like, oh, you're Joanne's client? I'm on it. Yeah, and, no, and you were one of our original partners from way back when, and we love having you in the network, and you're amazing, and it's no surprise why you're so successful. And with the network, we're fortunate. We built something almost like we knew that COVID was coming. We say in New York, pre-COVID, wealthy folks had to have two homes, and now they have to have four or five. And our network has thrived through that in terms of referrals. It's been fantastic. And just during COVID, when we were all home, having those Zooms where we were all on talking about our network and talking about our markets and really 
giving people hands-on advice on how to handle certain situations when you're trying to sell something without leaving the house. Yeah, no, we all do the same thing and we're just in different markets and we're all in this so together. So it's great to have so. the collaboration. Absolutely. So why don't you take us through your business, You know, your team structure? How do you differentiate yourself in the market? Well, we have sort of a lean and mean team, as we were saying earlier. It's just my daughter, Rachel, and I, and we have generally had an admin person and we have a marketing person that's starting Wednesday. My long-term person decided she wanted to work significantly less before she had babies. We don't have her, which is sad, but we are very full service, white glove service. We take you on. We try to connect you with every single thing you could possibly need for moving. And we definitely do that in a way that's different this year in Chicago, we were number 26, which does not sound amazing, but there are 8,000 agents in the city. And if you look on the list of the top, let's say 50, there isn't anyone that's just two people that's doing anywhere near the business we're doing. Like we, we literally have the people above us, they all have like 12 people or 20 people or something like that. It's very, very unusual to not have a team. And sometimes we think about scaling our business and we talk about it and we think about it and we may do it. It's just that right now, the way that it's worked well for us is we're both involved with every single transaction. Anyone who calls us, we know them, both of us know them. And it's extremely helpful for our clients. I mean, they love that. They're like, oh yeah, it's fine. If you don't want to come send Rachel, it's great. You know, they're happy to have where when I've had an assistant in the past, it's been a lot harder to sell that. Like I'm going to be out of town this week. So Rachel and I are taking it by storm. That's great. No, it's great that that sort of production, I think Compass overall, I mean, Compass agents do three times the business than non-Compass agents. And this year, Compass became number one in the country by sales volume. But if you look at number two, three, four, and five, they all have at least twice as many agents than Compass. That's what's the most impressive to me, how selective Compass has been. Definitely in their recruiting, it's very clear. They were very quickly the top company in Chicago. Yeah. And when it comes to your brand, it's clear to me, Joanne sells Chicago, right? It's simple and it resonates with people. And you were like brilliant to create that when you got started early on. And you've mentioned to me that there's a lot of copycats of out there. It was yeah. more of an accident. They were just <laughs> trying to set up an email. And I was like, I don't know. Home is where the heart is taken. The first 10 that I picked were taken. And then I was like, all right, what about this? And they were like, oh yeah, that's great. And then all of a sudden it stuck. So yeah. I'm not sure it was super brilliant, but it is easy. <laughs> and you can see why there's a lot of family teams we have in our network. There's mm -hmm. a lot of husband and wives, mother, daughter, and this business is built on trust, not only with your clients, but with your team. So you work with Rachel and clearly you trust each other and it works. Yeah, definitely works. That's amazing. So now is your opportunity to be a true ambassador for the city of Chicago and take us through the lifestyle in Chicago. Why do people love Chicago? What's like a perfect day in the life in Chicago for you or Rachel? I'm sure it's maybe two different types of days there, but maybe you could take us through that. Well, we're both obsessed with our dogs. <laughs> <laughs> it's a dog-friendly city. It's a dog-friendly city. No, a perfect day in Chicago for me is in the summer, for sure. There's no better place to be than Chicago in the summer. There is so many things to do and places to go, and just walking around is so fun. There's street fairs everywhere, art fairs everywhere that are 
really amazing like artists come from all over the world to do the Old Town Art Fair. It's very well known and a lot of different ones in our neighborhoods. And like I said, the sporting, it's so fun to go to like a Cubs game or a Sox game on a great day. What else? The restaurants, eating outside, especially since COVID, they closed down a few huge streets and made it so that you feel like you're in Paris and Italy where the street dining on is very popular. And that's been really fun. I don't know. Chicago is a pretty great place to be. It's a very walkable city. It's a very walkable city. I don't love the cold, have a little bit of trouble with the cold, but all in all, I feel like there's so many things that we have to offer that I have to bucket up, dress up, put on a lot of layers yeah, Put but, a but smile you know, on, your face. on that note, it's so centrally located. Why don't you take our listeners through like other locales that you can get to within a two, three hour flight from Chicago? It's almost anywhere. Yeah. I mean, you can get to almost anywhere. And it's such a great hub that there's convenient flights internationally as well. There's so much available to you here. There really is. And it's a diverse Midwestern city. So people are. They do live with integrity. I feel like people are very real, and that's really nice. People are respectful of all the working people and all the, you know. Yeah, people are friendly. They seem grounded, and they're respectful, and they're proud of this city. So on a perfect day in Chicago, you wake up. I have, like, two of my best friends, and we meet, and we'll walk on the lakefront, and it's beautiful. If you wake up early enough, you can catch the sunrise. We don't always do that, but we do walk on the lakefront two, three times a week, and it's a great way to start the day. Pop into a Starbucks, or there's a couple of really great local coffee shops, and grab a coffee and just take a really nice walk. And it keeps you grounded and makes you feel like you're enjoying what nature there is right there. And we have the most beautiful skyline. It's so pretty. Even if you walk at dusk, as the lights are going on with all the buildings, it's very beautiful. And there's so many buildings around the Gold Coast area, and even now South Loop and West Loop, where you get amazing views and the lights of the city and It's just, Chicago has a really great energy. It's a good, positive energy that I think most people carry with them. Agreed, agreed. So, you know, in closing, we have a lot of realtors that listen to this podcast, and this is like an aspirational business. Everyone wants to be a heavy hitter agent in this business. And what would you say to somebody that's getting into it in terms of how they should go about it? They, in three to five years' time, want to be a player in this industry. I think the most important thing is to live with integrity. I think the most important thing is to become a wealth of knowledge about your neighborhoods that you're servicing so that you really can add value to the situation so that no one's ever going to say to you, wow, why did I even use you? You're getting paid how much? Where they're saying, I am so thankful that I used you because I never would have known this pitfall or this or to look out for this or what to expect going through. So I would say if you make sure that you are always honorable and both to the community of realtors that you service and your clientele, I think the sales, you can't really focus only on sales or even mostly on sales. You should focus on making sure that you add value to every person that you meet so that that becomes your referral base. Even if they never bought a house from you, I have people sometimes who are getting transferred here and they heard of me from a friend. And so 
they'll call and I'll chat with them and everything. And then they didn't get the job that they were looking for in Chicago or for whatever reason, decided not to move here. And they'll send me like three other people later. And it's because they felt like they were very well versed in the Chicago real estate market. And so it gave them a comfort level. Yeah. We have to solve problems every day, but people sort of want to make that their brand. And I was like, well, if you really want to take your business to another level, putting out fires is one thing, but preventing them from starting is the next level. You know, Absolutely. Preventing them, letting your client know, hey, if you're buying this place right now in this crazy market, it may not appraise. Here's what we can do if it doesn't appraise. Here's the choices you're going to have. Just be aware that it may not because things are selling higher than normal. I mean, there's always things that you can look out for. And if you tell your client ahead of time, then they feel so much more prepared and they are ready to take it on. Agreed. Agreed. Well, you know, I want to thank you, Joanne, for doing this live in front of 50 people. We really appreciate it. You did a great job and we're so happy to have you in the Private Client Network. So why don't we all give Joanne... Thank you. (laughs) A sincere thank you to Joanne Nemirovsky for being our featured guest on our first episode of the second season of Luxury on Location. That was a terrific conversation, which we sincerely hope our listeners enjoyed. And thanks to our listeners for joining us today. We understand there are a multitude of podcasts out there, so we appreciate that you chose Luxury on Location for your listening pleasure. We hope to see you back for Season 2, Episode 2, when Kevin Snedden will be speaking with another one of our private client network partners and discussing their luxury market. In the meantime, please check out the Private Client Network at Compass, your nationwide resource for luxury real estate. We operate in virtually every luxury real estate market in the country. You can find us at theprivateclientnetwork.com or on Instagram at privateclientnetwork. Until next time. We'd like to thank the sponsors of this episode of Luxury on Location. Experience luxury vehicles like never before. Are you tired of being locked into leases? Join Motor Envy. No commitment, no maintenance, no headaches, all drive. Visit motorenvy.com forward slash LOL to receive your exclusive access, courtesy of Luxury on Location. Greenwich International Film Festival is an all-female-founded nonprofit organization that harnesses the power of film to serve the greater good by bringing to attention important issues related to basic human rights, education, the environment, and healthcare. GIF offers films, panels, and special events throughout the year, including the prestigious Changemaker Gala, which will take place May 25, 2022, and will honor Lin-Manuel Miranda for his work with the Miranda Family Fund. To learn more about GIF, our events, and membership opportunities, please visit GreenwichFilm.org.